coming up on This Weekend Games, GDC 2019 registration is now open, Discord store enters global beta, and Cloud9 raises some of that sweet, sweet private equity money. Coming up, This Weekend Games. Welcome to This Week in Games. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and continuing our pattern of one week, tons of industry news, followed by another week of desert of no industry news. Well, get out your sunscreen, people, because it was a barren, barren news week this week. But we managed to get a few stories, so let's go through them. GDC 2019 registration is open. Now, for those of you who listen to the podcast and have no clue what GDC is, I frankly have to question why you listen to the podcast but i'll go through it anyways gdc stands for the game developers conference it happens every year at the moscone center in san francisco in 2019 it will take place from march 18th through the 22nd now if you are in the video game industry you want to be in the video game industry or your video game industry curious drop the money on the expensive ticket book the expensive airbnb and open your brain up for the flood of game development knowledge that's about pour into it. Because this is where you go to hear, you know, I, I say all these stories of like breaking games, breaking cells, all these things happen in the industry, right? Well, this is where you go to hear it from the horse's mouth. You can hear what the like economy designer of Fortnite was thinking and how he designed the economy of Fortnite. You can hear major studios talk about what they're looking for for like first year talent you can hear you know indie devs share how they manage to make a living selling games that they make in under three months you can hear everything and you can meet people you can pitch stuff you can get business deals done you can apply for jobs this is where you go so it's a must all for anyone game developer related and uh, whether you're a hobbyist or a grizzled vet, please make the trip out to San Francisco. Next up, Discord Steam competitor and game subscription service in our global beta. Now, <laughs> creatively named Discord Store is a new marketplace that allows people to purchase games basically in the same way any other digital storefront can. Along with that, Discord assigned a number of games for quote-unquote forced on Discord, which are, you know, games that launch exclusively on the platform for some amount of time, averaging probably a month of exclusivity. And finally, Discord's Nitro subscription. Nitro gives you unlimited access to a number of games, none of which are surprising or will blow your mind. I think it's 60 games in total. And, uh, man, I really hate to see a company do this. So <laughs> this company does one thing extremely well, and they managed to kind of, like, attack the niche market for this one thing, which is gaming communication for, like, guilds and people. And, you know, like, it it works so well that people actually don't even use built-in guild communication features like things built into world of warcraft they use discord that's how well this is built and now they're completely going in a different direction trying to leverage those users into a completely new market with this discord store and 
you can talk to Valve because running a giant game marketplace is just such a shit show for what the revenue payoff is. You have to deal with a ton of stuff, and I just don't know if Discord is ready to operate at that scale. And I really just don't know if they're going to be able to convert their kind of fiercely loyal user base from the chat and voice you know, services to buying games on it. And I get it. Valve did this with Steam. Valve was a game developer. They made Half-Life. They kind of created Steam to validate that you owned a copy of Half-Life so you could play Counter-Strike and maybe buy other games. And then that exploded. But to me, this is a lot like if Coke tried to sell you car insurance, because in Coke's mind, most Coke customers also need car insurance, so why not make that money as well? That's kind of what I get from this. But we'll see. You know, I'm I'm not a multimillionaire. The owners of Discord are, so clearly they know something that I don't know. All right, next up. German's racing governing body officially recognizes racing sims as a motorsport. So, to quote in a Kotaku article, the Deutsche Motorsport Bun has decided to officially proclaim sim racing as a legitimate motorsport discipline. Now, many people are really happy as they think this brings legitimacy to racing esports, but there's some unintended downsides. Now, professional racer racing sim drivers are subject to government regulation. Yeah, can you imagine the government regulating racing sims? <laughs> and there's no more hiding those tournament winnings on your taxes, people. You're going to have to <laughs> cut that thing in half. But in all seriousness, this is pretty interesting. I'm curious to see how this relationship works. Like, you know, would the governing body force all professional racing sim players to get medical insurance? I don't know pretty interesting we'll see what happens all right next up weird story so following many weeks of every week reporting some esports team raising a large amount of money for who knows what cloud nine doesn't disappoint because they step in this week cloud nine raises 50 million dollars in series b funding so valor valor equity partners leads the fundraising round for the north american esports giant and on top of that, Valor Equity's founder, Antonio Gracias, gets a seat on the board of Cloud9. I don't really know why a PE firm founder wants to sit on this board of an esports team, but uh, Cloud9 should be worried. You know, I don't think PE funds invest in anything unless A, they think they're going to get at least 8% return in some amount of time, normally 10 years, or B, they think they can gut and strip it for value and get you know the eight to ten percent return so it's kind of worrying um cloud nine says the money will go towards hiring more staff which currently is at 35 and construct a new la training facility and man i really want to see the inner workings of a major esport team because i really don't understand i forgot what team it was a few months ago that said they had like 95 employees cloud nine's at 35 and it's gonna hire a lot more what are these employees doing? Like, how many people does it take to book a few plane tickets a year to send five League of Legends players to a tournament? I don't get it. And I also don't get what, like, spending millions of dollars in multiple facilities gets for this. Like, you're practicing video games, man. You're not, like, playing basketball and getting ice baths afterwards with massage therapists and stuff. This is very crazy. I mean, I don't know. I want to see it. 
feel like an old man when I report on this stuff because I'm like, I don't understand what these kids and their esports spend money on. But man, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about like this is type of money that like low level real sports teams would get and spend on facilities and staff, except for they have a lot of physical needs. And so <laughs> being a digital esports, I just I don't know, but maybe hey, maybe I'm an idiot. I'm curious. Hopefully, uh, I can report on that later this year. And not to be outdone, China has a esports group. Fighting esports group raises fifteen million dollars in Series A funding. Now, the Chinese esports organization wrapped up fundraising without releasing specifics on where the money is going. But lucky for us, someone on the inside leaked everything. So apparently, Fighting Esports Group has started a partnership with Tencent to bring Honor Kings to its largest competition and competitive league yet. So they're going to do a South Korean Honors League, uh, Honors of Kings League. And for those who don't know, Honors of Kings is like a watered down, light version of League of Legends on mobile, but has like a billion DAU. So. <laughs> Um, I really have a hard time, though, believing this cell phone esports scene is going to blow up. And I know everyone's like, blah, blah, blah. What about Hearthstone? Hearthstone doesn't count. I'm talking about real-time, competitive, synchronous, like, skill-based esports on mobile. Like, the graphics are ugly. The input paradigm's ugly. You don't have, like, consistent frame rates. You don't have consistent input skill barriers. It's just weird. I, just, I don't know. I don't see it. And it all comes down to graphics and how the audience and people at home view it. And when you just have, like, Fortnite or, hell, even, like, old-ass League of Legends compared to a mobile game. Like, it, you, why would you watch mobile game? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see what happens. <laughs> it could happen. You know, I mean, Supercell had Clash Royale esports on Twitch, and it would be number one, two, or three for a while, and then it's died out now. But uh, it was it was a thing for a little bit. All right, we got some people news. Ubisoft CFO Alan Martinez announced his retirement, and at the same time, Ubisoft named Frederick Dulot as his replacement. So. The switch will recur at the beginning of the new year. Probably makes sense for taxes since they're both CFOs. They probably encourage this. So let's not think Duoc is like some kind of outsider. He's been the chief financial planning officer since 2009. So, I mean, this seems like a pretty appropriate promotion. And to round out the week, we have two sets of bad news. Sorry, guys. All right. Dreadnought developer Six Foot Games lays off almost one-third of the team after launching Dreadnought. So this is a pretty shitty report. 45 of the 110 developers of Dreadnought have been laid off due to financial issues relating to poor PC sales of the game. Releasing some hard numbers in Gamma Sutra, the CEO said paying everyone in general costs was about $80,000 a day for the studio. The game has not made near anywhere near that. I do not recall exact numbers, but it was less than 20000 a day. 20000 a day at launch. So for those who don't know, after you launch a game, it's 99% of the time it's a reverse exponential model for how much money you're going to make, meaning that first week you're going to make all your money, and then it's exponentially declining after that. So if you're making $20,000 a day at launch, well, he's making like $100 a day now. 
So that's straight economics, people. Really sad to hear. Six Foot Games has offices in L.A., Houston, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Berlin, but it's unclear which studios were affected and by how much. And finally, last news of the week, two long-running U.K. gaming magazines are ending. So Games TM and Game Master are ending next month. Their owner and publisher, Future Publishing, said it all came down to profitability. No surprise there. Games TM is 16 years old, and Game Masters is 25 years old. And this isn't really a video game issue. It's pretty common in any physically dependent medium. It's hard to get people to pay for something, especially a physical content that they can find and consume online for free and at a faster pace. So, hell, I get, I get The Economist every week. And a lot of times they're reporting on shit that's like five days old. So it's just really hard, you know, and especially video game news is such like a, a visual feast. It's a visual reporting. And so it almost makes way more sense for it to be video than magazine. It just sucks for the few people who love magazines. Now, there was a, a number of stories this week that I'm not going to dive too far into, but it had to do with Rockstar Games and the crunch leading up to RDR2. And for those of you who don't know, which is probably everyone, I actually worked it as a technical game designer at Rockstar Games for two years from 2014 to 2016. And they're talking about, oh, 100 plus hours a week, blah, blah, blah. The one thing I'll say is, it's kind of like anyone can go to Glassdoor and read what it's like to work at Rockstar Games. So there's a lot of good and a lot of bad, but you should know what you're going to work going into it. And if you type in Rockstar Games and work-life balance or anything, you'll know what comes up. However, it's not all negative, and I don't want to shit on Rockstar Games because you know they allowed me to create some great content while I was there. They actually give their technical game designers a large amount of freedom. It's a pretty collaborative effort it was a great environment that i met a lot of people in but you do work very long hours at rockstar and it's no surprise to anyone i don't understand why people are complaining like it's kind of one thing that like you complain while you work there to other people that work there but like don't go on the internet complaining about long work hours you knew what you were getting yourself into <laughs> and anyways rdr2 is about to launch you'll get your launch bonus Stay till the end of the year, get your whatever revenue share bonus. It's all good. Come on, people. Don't 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 soil the launch of RDR2 by, you know, running all these stories of work hours. All right, that's it. I'm Eric McConnell. I'll see you guys next week for This Week in Games. Take care.